السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته نحمد الله ونسبح الله ونشكر الله ونصلي ونسلم على رسوله الكريم أما بعد سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم ببيجين بايك ورفاين thanking and praising Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we also send salawat and salam upon our beloved leader and master Hazrat Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in honor of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam let's recite a durood Allahumma salli ala sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala ali sayyidina Muhammadin wa barik wa sallim and also the recitation is for our benefit as well that for every Durood that we recite upon Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam We receive 10 blessings uh, 10 uh, rewards For a person who recites one durood upon Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam My respected and dear listeners Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala mentions in Surah 2 Surah Baqarah verse 165 Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala mentions وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّ حُبَّ لِلَّهِ And those who believe, the believers, Allah says, أَشَدُّ حُبَّ لِلَّهِ They are intense in their love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In other words, they have intense love for Allah. They have very deep love for Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now my respected listeners, what does intense love mean? Now, <clears throat> to understand its meaning, uh, scholars give an example that, you know, once there was an extremely rich king. And, you know, by this, by means of this example, we will understand the meaning of intense love or true love or sincere love. So nevertheless, now this king had four wives, or rather four queens. And out of all these four queens, he loved the youngest one uh, the most. So the ministers of the king, you know, they would often comment that, you know, because she was maybe the youngest, she received the maximum amount of the king's admiration and uh, you know that is why the king admired her so much and he paid so much attention to her but the king had altogether you know a different reason for regarding her as his favorite so one day he called you know all his ministers and he asked them he said to them that you know i've come to know that you think that i am being unfair to the other queens because I give extra attention to the youngest one. And for the obvious reasons, your, or you understand it that because of her youthfulness, uh, you know, that is why I admire her so much and I give her so much of attention. So he then asked them that, you know what, tomorrow early in the morning, uh, I want you to come to my court, my royal court, where I intend to demonstrate to you why she deserves to be loved the most. The next day, you know, the king ordered all his workers, 
to lay out all his treasures and uh, since the king you know he was uh, very very extremely wealthy and the courtyard obviously was filled with his treasures and uh, you know apart from his lavish household goods uh, and furniture they were very expensive uh, beautiful ornaments, jewelry, diamonds, rubies, pearls, and you name it. He then summoned all his four queens to come to the court. And he announced to the queens that, you know, today you can grab whatever you want from my treasures. Whatever you see here, you can grab anything from there. And you will be given a limited period of time. You know, you know a limited time. Like we can understand it like a stopwatch, you know, I'm going to start the, sto the the clock and when it stops, whatever you have gathered in that time, whatever you have touched in that time will be yours. And he said, now your time starts now. And as soon as he said the word now, you know, all the queens, with the exception of the youngest one, they went into, you know, they got into, they went into a frenzy. Uh, and they just started going like we can say berserk uh, you know I was giving somewhere this example and I, and I mentioned that imagine now you know it's uh, a special or a sale on at one of the big stores and the, or the doors are all closed and all of a sudden when the doors open and everybody you find rushing in you know everybody running helter-skelter going and just grabbing from the shelves whatever they can get so this is what the queens were doing they kept running from one end to the other end in, in this, with this in mind that, you know, whatever we can touch in a, in a, in a minimum period of time, uh, whatever we get uh, will be ours. And uh, the king made special arrangements for special guards to were placed to see what, uh, you know, whatever each one touches, make sure they, they will get it. So while all this was going on, the youngest queen, uh, queen, she stood there motionless and the king noticed it and he said to her, what's wrong with you? You know, time is running out and you haven't made a move. You're just standing here like a statue. So this queen, this youngest queen, she smiled and she said, she asked, will I get whatever I will touch? So the king replied, of course, that is my promise. That is what, that is what I promised and that is what I said. So on hearing this, the youngest queen, she carefully, you know, moved forward towards the king's throne. And everyone thought that she was going for, you know, for the diamond studded crown uh, on his uh, uh, beautifully adorned throne. But to the amazement of all the people gathered there, including the ministers, she gently picked the king's right hand and with a tight grip, she held it in both her hands. And this was definitely, you know, an awe-inspiring moment. And the king who triumphantly looked at his uh, ministers, you know, because this is what he, want to he wanted to demonstrate to them, that this is why I pay so much of attention to this youngest one. That while the other three queens tried to amass whatever they could lay their hands on, the wisest of them was this youngest one. And she preferred just to have the king alone, knowing full well that if she got the king, then whatever was his was automatically going to be hers. Subhanallah. Let us understand this. You know, let's call it a story or an example. But my respected listeners, you know, it has 
a, a profound message for all of us that while we are all you know running around after the treasures and the pleasures of this world we keep on forgetting the Khaliq the creator of all these things that we get so busy amassing the temporary and the materialistic things that we tend to forget the Malikul Mulk the owner of all sovereignty we, f- we tend to forget the owner of the known and the unknown the owner we, f- we tend to forget the owner of the manifest and the hidden you see my respected listeners coming closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and winning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's pleasure winning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's love should become our sole purpose my respected listeners you know it is said that no other beloved besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will announce to the entire creation that I love so and so so you all love him who will mention something like this in return for the love that you are going to give Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the more intense your love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then Allah will return this love that Allah will announce that everybody I love so and so so you also love so and so in fact Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Holy Quran قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهِ فَاتَّبِعُونِي يُحْبِبْكُمُ اللَّهِ Allah says that telling Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to tell the people that if you people love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then obviously the proof of your love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in the way you will adopt the lifestyle and follow Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam فَاتَّبِعُونِي So follow me then the return يُحْبِبْكُمُ اللَّهِ Allah will love you in return. My respected listeners, you see, we have been sent to this dunya, to this temporary world, to make ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what does ibadah mean? Ibadah doesn't mean, doesn't mean only offering salah, fasting, going for hajj, paying our zakah, and that's it. No, my respected listeners, let us understand ibadah that besides performing these obligatory duties or with performing these obligatory duties ibadah is also connected with the words abdiya meaning slavery so ibadah would mean obedience a slave is obedient to his master a slave uh, you know he he humbles himself in front of his master a slave is devoted to his master. So ibadah would mean obedience with submission, humility and devotion to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone with the ultimate love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this love is something that comes from the heart with sincerity, with ikhlas, total sincerity. And once your heart is linked with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then the heart will develop some qualities. And amongst these qualities that the heart develops, the heart will always remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The heart will always fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The heart will always be humble to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The heart will always seek and look for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The heart will always repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The heart develops an intense love 
for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, who is the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. My respected listeners, another quality is that it will be, you know, attached to the Quran, the words, the kalam, the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and it will want to recite the Quran uh, often. The heart will not despair. You know, whatever the conditions uh, we are we are facing, and the heart will become constantly aware of maut. Hmm? My respected listeners, it will all also be and always be concerned about the life of the year after. According to a hadith, being a believer means that our faith is incomplete unless we love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we love Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam more than anything and more than everything. So this true and this intense love for Allah is the main force that will cause us to move in the obedience of Allah. But the heat of this love, you know, it has to be of a certain degree. That when he reaches his peak, we will be able to, for example, you know, they say you will, you will brave the cold and wake up for tahajjud. You will brave the cold and you will wake up for tahajjud. You will throw away the blankets and you will wake up and stand in the ibadat and, and, and of Allah performing salah and dua and dhikr, reciting Quran at the time of tahajjud. Because the tahajjud, my respected listeners, it is not a fard, but the heart will, when it is intensely in love with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it will want to do all these optional duties. Because these optional duties, my respected listeners, you see, without it, a believer will only do the bare minimum. Hmm? So, and, and worth it, uh, uh, without it, you see, a believer will only do the bare minimum or a believer will create a way to lose even the bare minimum. So we need this intense love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We need to make place for the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our hearts. And soon, my respected listeners, you know, so let us understand it this way, that a sign of true love is to obey the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to abstain from the prohibitions uh, given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You see, let us understand it again this way, that, uh, you know, scholars explain, you see, let, let's ask ourselves this question, why we work so hard? Why we work so hard? And the person gives this answer that I worked from eight to late, or I'm in this profession and I strive and I uh, sacrifice my time for this profession. Why? Because I love what I'm doing. Let us ask ourselves, when did we answer that I'm performing the salah, not because it is a, a duty of a believer, but rather I am doing it because I love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm reciting Quran because I love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I love to recite Quran. I'm making dhikr because, or, I'm, or I'm making dua or I'm fasting or I'm doing this act or I'm doing that act because I love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I love to do these acts. Alhamdulillah, currently we, in the, we are in the month of Rajab. Yeah, in which my respected listeners, we are reminded of, 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 an, of a very momentous journey of Isra and Mi'raj. And my respected listeners, you know, for, for true love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a person needs to have the quality of perseverance. 
that we'll have to go through hardships in life. And this sabr, this patience, this endurance is a necessary, necessary quality of the one who loves Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it was because of this patience, because of this tolerance and perseverance of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam through so many hardships that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala then honored Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam through this journey of Mi'raj. Now and we're going to end it off with learning a dua from Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We are taught this dua in, 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 in the books of Ahadith uh, where Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam made this dua. Allahumma inni as'aluka hubbak wa hubba man yuhibbuk that, O oh Allah, I ask you for your love and the love of those who love you and for the love of every action which will bring me closer to your love. My respected listeners, Allah grant us all the tawfiq and the understanding that it is our, uh, it is our duty to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah increase the love for Allah. May Allah make place for the love of Allah in our hearts and may Allah make it easy that we use these opportunities. We are now in the month of Rajab and then Sha'aban is coming and then Ramadan is coming. We do all our duties and actions and ibadats in this month to increase the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our hearts. Wa akhiru da'wana anil hamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Rabbana taqabbal minna innaka anta samil alim wa tub'alina innaka anta tawabur rahim. Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam imahu wa ahlu. Ya rahmatika ya rahman rahimeen.